I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response... Were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blast podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots, welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, JMS. I'm your host. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm just a dumb stand-up comedian. I don't know anything. I'm not dumb. I'm really smart. But I still, there's so much I don't know. And there's so much we all don't know. That's why we're here, I think. Welcome back. If you're a regular listener, if you're new, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, review it on iTunes. 
shout it out. Let me know you're enjoying it. Lots of fun episodes coming your way this year. We'll see how long I stay on the resolution of being consistent. Here's what I'm giving up. Trying to have a regular release day weekly. Nope. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to record my episodes, then do intros and outros and put them out as I have them. Uh, Patreon dot com slash jms comedy we'll get them earlier they'll get them first they'll get the full uncut version but they're just gonna drop when they drop because i think i fuck myself over working against my adhd trying to have some sort of consistent release day when it's not even adhd it probably is but also I have a crazy travel schedule i have crazy work schedule sometimes i'm tired for no reason because i have a stupid fucking autoimmune disorder so then I'll miss a week and then I just I'm like, I guess I can't put it out until next week. And then I get all fucked up and then a month passes and I'm like, oh, I have my backlogged or I've done nothing. And fuck that. Absolutely fuck that. I love doing the interviews. I love getting these out. And uh, I'm all over the map. So let's let the releases be all over the map. So make sure you're subscribed because they're going to drop when they're going to drop. And uh, we're going to have a variety of shit this year. Uh, and we'll get to what this episode is about in just a second. But if you want to see me live... I'm coming to a lot of places. I'm excited. First of all, I'll be in Tucson next weekend at Tucson Fringe. I'm not doing stand-up. I am doing the two-person live read version of the musical I'm creating with my pal Jeffrey Baldinger. Uh, it's a full run-through where we paint the picture of what will happen when it's a full theater production. We sing songs. You can jump in and sing along. They're real fun. They're, they're easy to sing along, a lot of them. And frankly, I've had a good time creating it and am excited to continue to do so. So if you are in Tucson or someone you know is in Tucson, spice it up next weekend on the 14th. Come on out. Tickets are 10 bucks. You can find those jmscomedy.com slash shows. I've also come to a few other places. I'll be back in Tampa already. I'm not yawning because of Tampa. I love Tampa. I'm yawning because I think I'm crashing from a combination of cold brew and crying, which are probably directly related. What can you do? My mental health has never been better. I'm kidding. It's really bad. But hey, at least I have work to distract myself. I will be back in Tampa. There's a new side splitters in Wesley Chapel at the Grove. It's like movie theater style. So I will be there the weekend before Valentine's Day and on Valentine's Day. So look forward to that. Also, after that, February 18th and 19th, I'm coming to Des Moines, Iowa. Where are you at, Iowa? I know you're here. I see you on the fucking little map of listeners. I see that there's people there listening. I've been there once before, but it's been a few years. Uh, I was there with my Walk of Shame Roadkill girls on tour, and uh, it was a blast. And guess what? This is going to be even more of a blast. I'm full, full on headlining a comedy club uh, with my pal Aaron Kleiber. At the Funny Bone. So it'll be my first weekend headlining a Funny Bone. And I'm very excited to do it in Des Moines, where I have met nothing but good people, uh, both while in the city and also from the city, when I occasionally bump into Iowans who've made their way out. So come on out. And there's some more stuff too. Seattle, I'm coming there on March 10th. Alameda, if you're up in the Bay Area, Alameda specifically, but Oakland. You know, all those people. I will be back your way the first weekend of March, 4th and 5th. Tickets for that will be available soon. And then I'm doing one show on March 19th in the high desert, Hellendale, called Campfire Comedy. That's going to be a blast. And I'm sure more will get added. And ooh, fuck this cold brew. And uh, as always, you know, keep an eye on my social media, specifically probably Instagrams where I post the most. If you want to see me in LA, because I'm all around and I post usually the week of. So that's that. All right. Uh, with no further ado, before I get to my guest, still munching on NeuroGum, get neuro.com slash JMS for 15 off your uh, first order. That's 15%, not $15, but it can be up to $15 if you order a fuck ton like I like to do. Uh, but also someone told me they saw it in CVS. So keep an eye out. It's, I don't want to say we did this, you guys, but I do think collectively myself and all of you who have gone out to try it and been messaging me like, fuck, I love this shit, might be moving the needle a little. I'm not saying it's just us, but we are helping. Like, this is becoming, you can buy it in the store. That's fucking wild instead of from their website. But use JMS. <sighs> I need a shoe some neurogum now. 
to get your first pack. It's caffeinated gum, but it's got uh, B vitamins and L-theanine. I should have taken that instead of cold brew because it gives me focused concentration without the crash, without the jitters. Big fan. Big old fan. And listen, uh, speaking of things I'm fan of, I'm fan of, I'm a fan of, it's uh, hearing from you guys and hearing what kind of guests you guys want to hear. So head over to the Facebook group. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. Leave suggestions there. Uh, or join the Patreon, patreon.com slash jmscomedy. For as little as a dollar a month, you get bonus content. You get released episodes early. And, you know, even if you don't give a shit about all that, you could just support me. And if you like what I'm putting out there and you're like, how can I further support the arts? Well, bad news, guys. I am the arts. I know rich people wanted it to be, you know, exclusive only to the wealthy. But I infiltrated. So fuck you. This is the arts now. It's a lot of trash. Uh, and uh, I'm part of that. So, hello, support my work. And I think I'm gonna do more country music, but that's neither here nor there. I'm just like sliding that in. I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. But let's get to my guest. Enough about what I'm thinking about. Let's get to what I'm being about, and that is leisure. Okay, I'm not really being about leisure, but I'm trying. You guys know more than anyone. I'm really fucking trying to do balance to clock the fuck out. A little more this year. I've set boundaries for myself. Let me tell you what I'm doing. Uh, and take this if you want it. If you are one of the, the few of us lucky ones who are self-employed and make your own schedule. Sunday, Monday, I'm not allowed to work. I forbid myself. And as someone who works late at night as a comedian, I, you know, I used to try to like, I'm, I'm going to be in the 5 a.m. club. I'm going to work up, wake up, work out, just hit the ground running. No, nothing before 1230. That's work wise. Uh, so that way I do have like, no excuse to not move my body, to meditate, to journal, to just get my brain going for the day without being consumed by work because that's what I do. That's one of my uh, compulsive ways of warding off my emotions or dealing with how I'm feeling or, uh, you know, as an avoidance. So on that note, my guest this week is a rad ass woman named Luz Kadena. Kadena. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. She's just Luz. She's like, just call me Luz. She's fucking one name. Luz. Life of Leisure Luz. The lady of leisure herself. She has started a, a, a movement. A whole sort of women's empowerment. It doesn't have to be just for women. But uh, trying to get people away from that sick cog in the wheel workaholic. All my self-worth is based on achievements way of living. And uh, moving into having a way of living that's about living and not working. You know. Not not working. We still live in fucking godforsaken capitalist America, but actually making time to enjoy life instead of working yourself to death in that old school way of like, oh, I'll enjoy it when I retire. Because it's like when you're 65 and you can barely walk. And is that even the retirement age anymore or did it go up? That's fucking wild as science continues or is it just social security being dwindled away? But like as the the age of life gets higher. It's like, no, fucking you're still that old. You're still 60 in your sixties and whatever that entails with the human body, but they're going to keep raising that age. And it's going to be like the norm to work till you're 85 one day. Fuck that. I say, as I know full well, regardless of my financial status, even if it were to significantly increase in the years to come, I will probably work until I drop dead. But you know, jury's out on if I'll even make it to 60s. So anyway, we talk all about that. And we talk about how, uh, you know, leisure, like Art mentioned before, is not just for the wealthy. That's a, an illusion. And we kind of get into what that means. And uh, we just talk about why it's important and how it helps and the benefits and why it's so important to her and what she's doing to share that message. And I'm shutting the fuck up because she's got to share the message. So here you go. Enjoy the lady of leisure herself, Luz. Hey, idiots. Welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed. It's me, JMS. I am so excited for this guest, you guys. I am here with Luz from Life of Leisure. And if anyone doesn't know, this is like a whole movement that's empowering uh, women like me. You guys have heard me talk about it a million times. I'm a workaholic, but overwhelmed, overscheduled, trying to get some leisure back in our lives, get get a little... I don't know. Reconnection with humanity is, I mean, we're going to talk all about it. Uh, thanks for being here, Luz. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to talk to you. I know we're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> I know we already like are la- we're laughing before the episode even started. I'm 
Okay, I'm so excited about this uh, because I'm well, just because I literally am coming into this year trying to make hard boundaries for myself. So I know I'm not alone in that. So I know this is going to be good for a lot of my listeners who are little busy business ladies like myself. But I want to I want to start a little with. Could give can you give me a little overview of really what you do with Life of Leisure and kind of how you came to be doing this and helping other women with this? Sure. Yeah. So I'll kind of start into how I came here because a lot of the people in the similar space of anti-burnout, anti-busyness, anti-workism, they come at it, they arrive at it from having burnt out themselves, right? So (laughs) a lot of them tend to be like corporate people, corporate women who were like type A, I'm going to get it. And then they burn out and they're like, oh, this is shit. Let me just, let me not. So it's this whole um, kind of backtracking. Whereas my entry point to it is more... I grew up in a village of like less than a hundred people in the north of Mexico, very rural, very like little electricity, very farm. Uh, there were cows. My father had, you know, had cows, horses, what have you. I was not out there uh, feeding the cattle or anything like that. But <laughs> I'll just say that I didn't really grow up with this kind of external societal pressure of what are you going to do or be when you grow up, right? Wow. It just was not really something. Essentially, it was a village. So people were very concerned with living. And time was very slow because... No one was obsessed with meetings and you need to be here at a certain time and whatnot. So the lifestyle was just really, really slow. Sounds like and <laughs> it, it was, right? And so then once I moved to the U.S. Um, at age 11, you know, blah, 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 middle school, high school, college, I... Um, it just seemed really funny to me, like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to go to college and then get a job and work at a cubicle for 40, 50 years, and oh. then my life's supposed to start, like, I'm supposed to retire at <laughs> 60, and that's when I'm supposed to go travel. It just seemed really funny to me, probably because I hadn't been in that system for my whole life, right? Yeah. So I had that kind of, like, outside perspective, and what really also helped is that when I was in university, I did a year abroad not a year, I'm sorry, a semester abroad in Italy. So I was really exposed to Europe and uh, the lifestyle of Europe, right? Where in Italian, it's like, what's the saying? It's like the, I, for, I forget the phrase in Italian, but it essentially says like the sweetness of doing nothing. Oh and, my God. Italians will just close down their store for two hours and be like, I'm taking a nap. And it's like, too bad. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so it, it, it kind of gave um, words to the sentiment that I already felt, right? And I was like, oh, there's this whole other lifestyle that people enjoy in which they really um, work to live rather than live to work. And of course, the US, right, we're very capitalistic and we want to make the money and status and recognition. Whereas in Europe, now they don't have that, but they're much more concerned with like living a good life. And so that's essentially, I was like, yeah, that's what I want. And then it wasn't really until a few years back. So, you know, I'm telling you like the long one, but then oh, yeah. in 2018, like I'm trying to be concise, which is hard for me to be, but I'm trying. <laughs> She's and too so, leisurely. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you're going to talk for three hours. I love it. I love so, it. In 2018, I, um, uh, I had my year of millennial retirement in quotation marks because as I said earlier, right? Like the notion of retiring in your sixties or whatever, it's like, what am I going to go bungee jumping when I'm 67? Yeah, just throw or like your back. Exactly. <laughs> like we, so, so I gifted myself this year of millennial retirement in which I had saved up enough money to be able to fund the full year of now working and traveling. Wow. And so I spent, uh, Six months traveling Southeast Asia, one month in Europe, and then the rest of the year I spent with Mexico, Bermuda, truly being a lady of leisure. Oh my <laughs> God, amazing. And it started off as a joke, right? At the beginning, before we started recording, I told you that I, I love humor. I love to make fun of things. And so <laughs> I started to make fun of myself by referring, by calling myself a lady of leisure because, I mean, my friends would be like, hey, do you want to do this? And I'd be like, yes, because you don't have nothing else to do. And you're like, I can go so anywhere. That, I'm a lady of leisure. I love it. Yes, yes. And so my friend recommended this book to me that's called Leisure, The Basis of Culture. And it's written by this German philosopher in like the 50s. 
And wow. it just really gave language to the lifestyle that I inherently had always been very like, that I had already been living out, right? Not entirely, but essentially the, the pre- preface of the book is that, or uh, the premise, I'm sorry, of the book is that, uh, you know, we were moving toward this. He wrote this in the 50s, mind you, that we're already going toward this very like rushed lifestyle in which it's all about doing, doing, doing. And that the basis of culture is leisure, being in stillness, having the time to actually reflect and ask the deep questions like, what do I actually want? Am I happy? What is my purpose? All these things that philosophers had time to do, right? Thinkers, writers. And so yeah. leisure is really old. This guy wrote it in the 50s, but leisure essentially was, according to everything I read, was invented by the Greeks. And that's how philosophy came to be because they were at leisure. Then they had the time to think and philosophize. Thus, leisure came about. And one last thing that I'll say about this is that I love that in ancient Rome and uh, Greece, Leisure was what people aspired to. And of course, only the aristocrats, the rich people had access to it, right? The peasants were building the Parthenon. Like, yeah. you know, like that's what they were doing. But any moment of leisure they had was very valued. And so um, to work for them was this insulting thing that they had to do. It, they viewed it as necessary to survive. But literally, uh, the word for work comes from negotium in Latin, which means in Spanish is negocio, which means more business. But what it actually oh. means is non-enjoyable activity. <laughs> so, well, that so that's is what spot work on. means. Non-enjoyable but necessary activity, right? And so when I read all this, I was like, well, this is exactly what I wanted to do. And I decided to launch Life of Leisure is with the ironic name, right? To point out that most of us do not have a life, you know, leisurely lifestyle. So yeah. it's the opposite. We're we're so busy, we're so overscheduled, overbooked, constantly feeling like we're behind. And so what I'm doing now is coaching um, to help specifically women because it's women, right? We're we're not really told to prioritize ourselves or our dreams oh. or our desires. And yeah. we feel a lot of guilt when we have downtime. Some of us don't even know how to relax, right? We have 30 minutes and then you're like, wait, I should optimize my free time. <laughs> yes. And it's like, oh, I could work on something else right now. I literally had a therapist who, God bless this woman, because I... It was years ago and I should have kept working with her. But then I was like, I don't even have time for therapy. That's that's like, thank, thankfully, I'm not uh, that bad now. But she literally, as part of our therapy, was like for two hours this every weekend, you do nothing. You put it you put it in your calendar. And I swear to God, like every, I would sit, I'd be like, all right. She's like, you can read a book, you can watch a movie, but you can't work on things. And I literally it was like pulling teeth and I think for some people, for the rare person listening who has no trouble relaxing, that might sound a little like, oh, I'm not exaggerating. But yeah, I mean, we're not taught to relax if it's like if we're not working. It's like, how can I help you taking care of the house, taking care of the family is still we're getting away from that. But women are still socialized to be the nurturer and like mm-hmm. are everyone else's needs met around me. Yes. And then once I'm depleted, then of course, I don't have time for, for my own needs. And yeah, it's a, it's a big problem, right? And it just creates a lot of women who are disconnected from themselves, who are disempowered. And I focus on time, right? Because time is really the most precious commodity we have. I mean, much more than money, right? But capitalism will have us believing that, okay, accumulate the money, that's that is our recognition, which are worthy pursuits. But when you're pursuing all those at the expense of time, it just doesn't add up. You know, like one of my biggest things is that I want to live a big, full life in which I mitigate big, major regrets. And so yes. there's been some of my favorite studies that um, I read of these people and they were in Australia in a, a nursing home at the end of their lives. And so they were interviewed right about their lives. And what came out of that study is that their biggest regret of these people was not having spent enough time with their loved ones, doing the things they enjoyed. They wish they had worked less. And so (laughs) when, you know, like when you're, I think a lot about death because I'm like, when I'm sitting in my deathbed, what am I going to be happy that I did that? I spent, you know, all this time cleaning my inbox or, you know, responding to emails (laughs) or going to meetings or that I went to the beach and hung out with my friends. Yeah. Right. They're like, 
Oh, I didn't have enough conferences. <laughs> it's so Imagine. true. Uh, I want to ask you. So for anyone who is listening and heard your analogy and the story of how like leisure was, you know, is attributed to Greeks and then like really it was aristocrats. If someone's going, OK, well, I'm the peasant. I'm working my I'm working my ass off. I don't have time. I've got bills to pay. I have mouths to feed. How do you have advice or like ideas you give to people who feel like they're in that situation? Do you feel like leisure can be found if you're on a very tight budget? I would say that probably most of us are in that situation, right? Yeah. Because most of us are not the 1% or the 5% or the 10%. We could and be if so- they would just share. All right. <laughs> exactly. Imagine. <laughs> oh, how nice would that be? Um, and so because we are oppressed, right, as women, and then even more so, essentially like men of course have more access to leisure why because they're not they don't have to do the manual the mental labor and the child rearing rearing and so on and so Mm -hmm. forth and so women already have less leisure we're at the you know we're usually running the household and so it's really difficult and that is a reality but because it's so important that we have leisure and downtime and rest that's why it's so crucial that we make that we take a stand right and if that means that you all you get is 10 20 minutes a day of some of some leisurely activity that that you know resonates with you whether that's literally watching i don't know a show or a podcast or taking a nap whatever that thing may be it can start really small, right? Like, so if you have zero leisure at the moment and you're just constantly going, 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 um, it's really important that you reassess what you're doing because a lot of the times, especially when we're in this kind of vicious cycle of doing and busyness for the cult of activity, it's not that we, it's like, there's this uh, person, I forgot her name, but she's a time researcher and she put it really beautifully, right? She said, Um, I don't have time is really code for it is not a priority. Mm. So time is a choice. Time is a choice. And that's not to discount or undermine a lot of the circumstances and situations that some people may find themselves in, right? Where I have to work two jobs. I have to feed these people. That's valid. Those are definitely valid circumstances that a lot of people find themselves in like let's single moms okay oh yeah like their leisure there they would probably laugh and so the thing too is that it's not only an individual pursuit it's also a systematic thing right Mm -hmm. so we live in this very toxic system and it's not really it's not care that we don't have leisure and so it's really up to the individual to take care of ourselves and for some of us that can seem almost impossible if you don't have, say you're a single mom and you don't have anyone to watch your kids for 20, 30 minutes. How are you going to nap? Right. So all to say that I don't have the answers for everyone, but if you can take a look at your calendar and literally uh, say no to one, one activity and, and that would give you some time to yourself, then by all means go ahead. Right. But you can start that way, but it's also, I have to say that it's really difficult to, for example, you, right? Your therapist is literally telling you, take two hours <laughs> off on the weekend. So you have this external person telling you, and you know that you should, <laughs> and it's difficult. So I want to normalize how difficult it is to be in business mode and constantly doing. And you have the desire that you want to rest and relax, but also almost feel stuck in the year and able to do it. Um, So it's totally normal. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said about just kind of humanizing. Yeah, no, you're not the only person out there. If you're if you're struggling to find that time, it's like built in all of us. And it almost feels like depending on who you're surrounded by, especially in America, where we do have this very, you know, capitalistic success driven culture shoved on us you could almost come off as rebellious being like to say to someone the audacity, you know, to go, actually, I, um, I don't do anything on Tuesday evenings. Sorry. That's my night. Yes. It's like, what? Yes. And it's, you know, the system, the system, you know, society, capitalism, it is set up against us. So we have to realize that the odds are against us, right? Because we are told that our self-worth is, it is totally determined by 
our productivity, by how much we do or our job title or our salary. And we believe it. And as much as we can be aware, it's like going on social media, right? The oh. studies say that you can feel <laughs> shitty, comparison, mental health problems. I'm aware of it, but it doesn't stop me from being susceptible <laughs> to these things, right? I'm like, oh yeah, I know that social media is a highlight reel, but then I go on it and then I like, oh, I'm kind of feeling a certain way. So it's the yes. same thing with leisure, right? You, you, you can be aware that, oh, yeah, I'm, I know that my self-worth is not fully determined by my job or my output, but you're still affected by it. And so yeah. that's why it's so important to, in a way, rebel against that. And it's, I, you know, it is almost in a way radical to say, you know what? I'm going to take care of myself in, in whatever way that may be, whether that's with you start to meditate five minutes a couple times a week, whatever entry point is much better than doing nothing for yourself. I love that. Okay. Do you feel like just, I mean, what constitutes leisure? Is someone just going like, I don't feel like doing that right now. Is that leisure? So there's actually a lot of different types of leisure and I'm actually working on making a little quiz so that people can take when they go on my website and find all their type of leisure. Ooh, a leisure um, language. So I like that. Yes. Yeah. So there's physical leisure, which is literally working out or moving, dancing, right? And then there is more kind of like mental leisure. So this is journaling. Perhaps you're, um, you're using your mind, right? And yes. then there is emotional leisure. And this one's more kind of like, kind of like doing healing type of things, right? You're, you're really in tune with your emotions. Um, and then there's passive leisure, which is probably the one that most people do on a consistent basis, which is kind of like you're napping or maybe you're watching Netflix or you're um, just at rest. And then there's one more that I can think of. So you have to excuse It's a new me. system, you guys. She's working it on is. it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But only but, at a leisurely um, pace. So relax, everyone. Exactly. <laughs> I literally, though, I wanted to launch it in January. And then I'm like, oh, February. February seems good. That's so, so on brand. <laughs> what's the rush? Yeah. We're um, all going to so be here, I think. I think, I hope, unless a planet explodes, but let's not, uh, let's not go down that route. And so there's a lot of different types of leisure, right? And so, for example, for me, what really refuels me is meditation, yoga, blah, blah, blah. But for you, it may literally be watching a movie, right? Um, I must say, though, that sitting on our phone, scrolling or messaging doesn't necessarily constitute as leisure because... Okay, let me give you an example. So let's say that you have 30 minutes of downtime, right? Mm -hmm. And then in those 30 minutes, you are actually answering notifications and they end up eating like maybe a third of your time, but not at the beginning. So then you responded two minutes, you know, in the, in the beginning of your 30 minute break. And then there were more messages halfway through and then more in, in the end. And so you, you never give your mind a rest. It was always yeah. kind of at a you know, at, a, at a, an alert state yeah. and they call this confetti time. So then all of a sudden you don't really have a break. It's just, you, it's, it's going like this. Right. And so, yeah. th and that's why a lot of the times when we have two hours off or whatever, and then we're on our phone answering messages or scrolling, we don't really feel rested or refreshed because we were not really resting. No. Cause you're, I mean, especially if you're getting messages, it can be so, I guess that's sort of the tightrope of learning your own boundaries and stuff, too, where you're like, well, I'm taking a break from work, but then you're answering someone else's needs and not like giving yourself time to just refresh. Yes, yes. And again, right to everyone, what's the saying to each their own? Yes. Uh, but for me, I have all my on social media, all of those notifications are off. And so if anyone wants to reach me, message me or WhatsApp me or even like Facebook messenger, but I'll still get back to you when I, when I, when I'm, when I'm in the mood to get back. When to you get you, back right? to, I love just hearing that your notifications are off is like music to my ears. I, I have turned off all notifications except email because I'm so afraid that I'll miss, but it's like the most annoying one. And that's maybe I just need to do that this year and pull the plug. But like, I even went so far on Instagram to be like, how can I stop people from DMing me? <laughs> like there's an email button and like I, I managed to limit it somehow, but people still sneak in, you know who you are, whatever. It's like, 
And I feel bad because it's not like it's social media. I want to be connected, but it gets so overwhelming that I'm like, there's an email button. If you need me, email me. It's (laughs) and a lot of it's my own thing. But just hearing that anyone else has any type of notification off is just validating because I feel like as a workaholic, as someone who's, you know, been a cog in the wheel of the American productivity system, it feels like, oh, I'm I'm doing something wrong. (laughs) Well, no, but you're being radical, right? You're reclaiming your time because with uh, having the notifications on, it's so tempting, right? To be like, oh, what did they say? Yeah, I'll respond later. But even just glancing to get the preview of what people say derails whatever you are doing, whatever whatever you're focusing on. And so it's derailing your creativity and your focus. And that's how all this works, right? So... I'm all about boundaries, whether it's with social media notifications in all types of areas. Yeah. Well, especially because of our phones, it's like this instant access to us. And I do feel like when you start doing that for the first time, it could possibly be sort of, I don't know. I could, I could see a world where like it's people who are used to you constantly responding. If you just go, I, I don't do that anymore. They're going to be like, wait, what? It could be like a yeah. sort of mind fuck. Like it's no, I have, I have friends who call me out because I'll take days to respond and I don't apologize for it. I'm like, this is how I am. You know, this is how I am. That's what I tell them. You're like, I'm a lady of leisure. You know, this, I mean, yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's so though. instant and people feel so compulsed. I have to immediately respond. And I say people, but I mean me. And, and then I go off. I don't respond right away. I might forget or what. But it's like the world's not going to end if I don't answer this email right away. But for whatever reason, it's that got to hashtag hustle, whatever. Ugh, kill me. Um, listen, we're going to take a quick break. And then I I have a question I would ask when we come back. And all right, we'll just take a break. We'll be right back, you guys. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Okay, we are back, still talking with Luz, the lady of leisure, of life of leisure. Uh, two, okay, I have two questions that are circling in my mind, and the first I want to ask is... Is self-care and leisure, are these the same? Like self-care is a buzzword I hear all the time. It's the thing I've been talking about a lot this past, the past like year, just trying to make time for, you know, moving my body or eating right. Are these the same thing as leisure, a form of self-care? Are they synonymous? They're not the same thing, but they're very interconnected. And I love that you ask this question because a lot of people, when I say leisure, they think self-care, but they're not essentially to have self-care, we need leisure because leisure, the definition of leisure is free time, but true free time, right? Now when you have 30 minutes of free time and you're on your phone, that's not leisure. Um, it's like this, you know, spaciousness slice of time in which you could either read a book or do nothing or literally just stay, stare at the ceiling if, if that's what you want, right? Look out the window. Um, and so... Self-care is a much newer term, right? As I explained earlier, leisure is ancient. The, the Greeks came up with it. But self-care is really much more recent. It came about in the 50s, 60s. Um, and it was started as a very revolutionary thing in the black community. It's a form of taking care of themselves because, well, we all know how what happens in our country. Oh, <laughs> and so, God. Uh, I didn't know this. I never knew that that term yeah, came from the black yeah. community. Yeah, it was coined by um, in the black community in the 60s. Essentially, it was taking care of, of, their, of themselves through health, better eating, um, resting, and so on. But then it got co-opted by the wellness industry, right? In the yeah, 70s by someone who looks like so. Gwyneth Paltrow. And she's like, I invented it. And it's like, here we go again, bitch. <laughs> so so at it, it, first it was a very political thing right it was a very radical political thing and then by the 70s 80s 80s it became more like workouts right like the at-home workouts and such and it was yeah. much more marketed to rich white folk jazzercise yeah it, <laughs> and essentially now it has now become more you know spas and baths and what have you 
And so self-care, to have self-care, we need leisure. And so for me, I talk a lot about leisure because leisure is also deeper in that with self-care, there's a lot of emphasis on kind of doing something for yourself. Are you taking a bath or you're getting a massage? But leisure can also be very passive because with leisure, you're really trying to go inwardly. Um, reflect, right? Let me ask some hard questions that maybe I have been avoiding by distracting myself with busyness and jumping from call to call, meeting to meeting, and project to project because I'm too afraid to actually face the answers of these yeah. questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah so we're like, I don't want to know. Like, <laughs> I don't want to look at my <laughs> own demons. I better get a third job. <laughs> <laughs> wow. A third okay. job seems <laughs> so. So then that's interesting because I wouldn't have thought so like is working on yourself like if you were doing I mean, you said journaling, but I'm, I'm trying to give an example of like prompted journaling or like reading a, a, a type of maybe a self-help book that gives you sort of questions to reflect on that could also be considered leisure. Yes, and it's so that's why I said they're very intertwined because Essentially, the way that I view it is if you're doing any type of self-care activity, right, you're at leisure. Yeah. So, but so it's, so it's more like an extension of it, ah. but because we live in the world that we live in and self-care is much more of a buzzword than, yeah, you know, for example, so when I tell people like what I do, they're like, oh, your self-care practice is very strong. And I'm like, yes, even though I consider it to be more of a leisure practice, I like uh, but that. I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit there and be like, well, actually, uh, <laughs> um, okay. So it's kind of like pretty much all self-care is probably leisure, but leisure doesn't necessarily have to be in this box of what we consider this kind of the marketing picture we get of like self-care. Yes. And that's why I prefer to use leisure because self-care has really now become associated with, um, it's just become kind of, become this kind of like marketing ploy, right? To sell yeah, us yeah. things. And that's yes. another thing too with self-care. That's a really good differentiator. Like if you need to buy something to do your self-care, to, to you know, essentially self-care, most of the times you're buying something. It's a with leisure, <laughs> it, With leisure, it's more like you're exercising or you're journaling or you're reading a book. Um, and so, yeah, maybe for the book you, you could have paid, but if you got it from the library, then no. So it's kind of like a good, like they might have to pay money for my face mask. I need to pay money for it, right? The massage, the yeah, um, the bath, the bath salts, and the bubbles. Self care <laughs> is know? kind of like how America is trying to monetize leisure. That they're like, how can yes. we make this a business and actually ruin it? <laughs> Essentially, right? Because if leisure is free time, but then in the world, you know, in capitalism, it's like free time. Well, you're gonna sit there on the bench and do nothing when you could be, you know, having a latte. And reading, I don't know, like this fancy book or you know what I mean? So it's like, how can we get these people to buy things? Yeah, that they're like, oh, you need a different pillow to relax with. They're just anything to sell us stuff. Do you have do you you need more face cream is probably. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's that's so it's so funny and it's so true. Okay. On that note, when you started, when you went from like, okay, you obviously sort of had this instilled uh, in you from a young age, like the importance of leisure and it was just part of your life. Then you kind of found the words for it and recognized how it's different in each culture. Making a shift to going, this isn't just a thing I believe in in my life. This is a thing I want to help other women be able to do. How... When you first started doing that, how was that received? Like, how do you present that to someone? Is like, let me, let me help you. Relax. Yeah, (laughs) relax (laughs) is the right word. Um, It was was that kind of like a weird start. It was tricky because I, from the very beginning, I envisioned um, life of leisure to be a movement, right? To be much more so than myself. I wanted to have events, to have um, workshops, products. And so on. And so I, I did start started um, um, right before the pandemic, though. And at that no. point, I was in Chicago. Like, we need more time off. And then you're like, oh, no, everyone's off. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, but also that event component, right? I really oh, yeah. want to start People with events. To, yeah, to build a community and have it be this very organic thing. But then 
the pandemic came. So I uh. did pivot to uh, virtual events. And then I did launch a membership community that didn't really pan out because I, I'm not really grateful that it didn't pan out. And so, because I do like virtual events, but like hosting one or two to a, a month, right? I, I'm not really, if I have to host weekly yeah. virtual events, they're not for me. They're, they're well, yeah, just not And it's for like, me. you don't want this movement you're so excited about and believe in so much to then become the opposite of like the point where it's like, oh, exactly. I'm so busy with my leisure business. <laughs> Yes. Well, and that's why it's been so interesting for me to grow it and scale it is that I'm really interested in building a business with integrity. And so for me to do that, I do have to go at this leisurely, but still very determined pace, right? To go in and okay, this thing didn't work out. Let's try this other one. And so now I'm more focused on coaching but the grand picture is still to have events, to have uh, in-person events alongside the virtual events. I do want to have a community. Eventually, I would love to have some type of summit retreat. Love so there's that. so many, um, you know, like the, the big picture, there's a lot of ideas there. But I did learn my lesson in 2021 that I do have to go ironically, like, of course, I need to go at a, much, at a slower pace. It's so easy right, when you're building a business to be like, okay, let's, let's do go. it. Let's do it. Hustle, you know, like, like, let yeah. me just, uh, let me get this hours thing up a week. and go. We got to get this thing off the ground. Yes. And it was so humbling to find myself in a position in which I had all these goals where I'm going to do all this, this and that. And of course I found myself feeling stressed and overwhelmed and I had to really live out what I preach and let go of some of these goals. Um, and in terms of relaunching the community, that's something that once the one, the first iteration that I launched back in last, um, the spring of 2021 didn't really pan out. I felt like, oh, okay, I'm going to relaunch it in a different way. And I wanted to do that, uh, at the end of 2021, but it hasn't happened. And will <laughs> it happen? Crown. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Exactly. We'll uh. see. And so it's become this very, I'm, I'm going with the flow of things and, I do have to go at a leisurely pace because I don't want to be advocating for leisure and reclaiming your time when I feel like I'm on the hamster wheel. Like, yeah, imagine. when you're like burning out and they're like, yeah, this woman whose hair was falling out ran a conference about leisure and she started crying. <laughs> I miss it. She, she had a meltdown. You know, <laughs> what am I doing with my life? And you're like, oh my God. That's exactly wow. what I'm trying to avoid <laughs> because well, you see that a lot in the wellness space, actually. Oh, oh, I, I have talked to like full on like th I, this is completely politically incorrect to say, but people who are just like nut jobs, like they've burnt themselves out on wellness. And I'm like, the that you don't see the irony here. You're just in life. Thankfully, every guest I've had since I started like leaning more into this has been so so wonderful. But some people that are like really like hustling about self love, and it's like <laughs> your eye is twitching. Like, <laughs> and that is a capitalism infiltrating these concepts, right? These practices. It's like, but leisure harder. Self-care harder, self-care more. <laughs> yeah. Where you're like, oh, I, I love this. I want to share this with people. And then it becomes like, how can I monetize it? And you go from how can I monetize it to like, I could make even more money. And then it, then you're back where you started just feeding the system. Exactly. Because you can definitely, you know, as much as we can burn out as shitty jobs that we don't like, we can still burn out from the businesses that we built and that we love because that's just how it works, right? It doesn't mean that it, you can, yeah, burning out isn't only exclusive to things that you dislike. It could no. literally be having your dream job or your dream career or what have you. I mean, yeah, I, I see it all the time, like in stand up comedy where people are just like running on fumes and it's like, oh, they're doing a specials and like touring every weekend, but they're falling apart. And that's, and I've had that feeling, too, where I'm like, I love this so much, but I am physically exhausted. So it's like, I mean, I mean, it just really speaks to the importance of making time and, and why what you're doing is so important, like teaching women and giving people the tools to, like, learn that it's totally OK to stop and take a second. Um, 
in so in launching like a new new business, any new any new business, but especially a concept that sort of really does go against the grain of what we're taught with, you know, constant productivity, measuring our self-worth on like achievement, achievement. How much money do you make? How many hours did you work? Um, and, you know, you're trying to do it in a way where, you know, as you said, you're keeping the integrity, you're practicing what you preach. Uh, with with any new venture, you're going to run into things where you go, OK, that didn't work. We need to do something else. Do you. Do you find since you've sort of lived a life where you have been practicing what you preach and like have taken time throughout your life for like leisure and self-reflection? That was helpful when you hit these moments where you're like, OK, this system isn't working. Do you think that kind of fortified you to like be OK or be more more equipped to handle when something in a launch was like, eh, I should have done it different. I need to pivot. Yes and no, because nothing can prepare you for quote unquote failure, right? Yeah. Uh, you can have, you know, the Zen Buddhism and practice all the Zen Buddhism mindfulness that you want, but because we're humans, you're still going to feel it, right? So oh, yeah. now I can sit here and be like, oh, I'm still happy that my membership community didn't work out. But when it didn't work out, I was like, what? Why isn't it working out, right? I was frustrated. I was annoyed. I was dis- disappointed. Yeah. Um, and so I'll just say that it's okay for us to feel all those emotions for me to get to this place where now I have the hindsight 2020. I'm, oh yes. I'm actually really glad that that didn't pan out. Um, I did need to go through those other emotions, right? Which were disappointed, disappointment, um, frustration, blah, 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 blah. And so I just, I believe in any emotion that we feel is valid. And if we resist it, if we stuff it down because we don't want to feel it, then, it's just going to get stuck in your body somehow. It's going to be, become anxiety or something. And so I'm a big proponent of, of mental health. Like just feel your feelings and the yes. sooner you feel them, then they can pass and then you can move on to feeling better. Just like a kid, right? Like look at a child. They throw a tantrum because they didn't get the ice cream and then they're crying because they're sleepy. And then, you know, once they take a nap, they're so happy because there's a butterfly running and then they're angry for some other reason. And this is how they go the whole day. I know. And then we got, we got caught in that, like put a smile on, don't be too, you know, angry. Don't be Yeah, it's, it, it drives me insane that, we don't teach emotional wellness in a better way, like in school that we get this, like anything except happy is perceived as like crazy or negative. So then you're just shoving feelings down. I, 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 I couldn't agree with you more on that. That's such a, I'm such a big advocate of let it out. It is. I mean, it's so funny when you see a kid totally, I mean, I shouldn't say it's so funny, but like lose it. And they're like, ah, ah, and then they're like, Okay. It's so refreshing <laughs> because honestly, you know, I've done a lot of healing work this past year and I essentially that's what I learned, right? That I need to be having those tantrums and those meltdowns very frequently and then the sooner I feel them, then they move uh, they pass and then I can go back to feeling more emotionally regulated, happier. But not, you know, but like a true deep happiness, not this superficial happiness, more of a joy rather than a happiness. Yeah. And so like everything's great. And you're like holding on by a thread. You have to get it out. It's like it's uh, putting a bandaid on a volcano is the way I've heard it described. But and I agree with you about anxiety. I think a lot of like physical ailments come from us just shoving the emotions down. I've been trying to make a joke about it for years because I have an autoimmune disease, which is just your own immune system. Attack, you know, it's attacking your body and there's a bunch of different ones. But just like in my mind, it's the equivalent of, you know, as a woman, we're taught to be like, everything's fine. Everything's good. And autoimmune diseases are you just being like, no, I'm fine. And your body's like, we're not fine. And it just starts <laughs> causing, it's like breaking shit. <laughs> just like, just say like, we're not okay. <laughs> yes. And it's in the owning of it. Right. And so, especially too, with entrepreneurship, you learn so much and it's, uh, it tests your character so much, right? Because, Ooh. you know, as humans, we're growing and we're learning and so on and so forth. But when you, try to go down the entrepreneurial road 
that's all accelerated because you're learning business lessons and on top of it, you're doing your own personal growth together. So yeah. maybe you're dealing with something in your personal romantic relationship, but then now you're dealing with imposter syndrome and then there's some other thing that, that didn't go well in the business and now you have to problem solve. And so it's not for the faint of heart, <laughs> frankly. Oh, oh, a phone call's trying to come in. Not on my watch. Hang on, my... My microphone just pooped out on me. <laughs> it was bound to happen. Uh, 2022, you'd think I'd have a better system, but I don't. Um, <laughs> invest in leisure and a new microphone. <laughs> Give me just a second. Oh, I might just say screw it. And All right, guys, you just get the internal microphone for the end of this. So enjoy, enjoy my audio listeners. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, it just didn't uh, silence my phone calls. Um, I, well, I just, I just totally agree with you, and uh, especially when you're diving into a business, it's like a lot of times people are you're learning so much as you go because there's never you can never have all the information, so you can be as prepared as possible. But even that is like, you know, what does that mean? So you're flying by the seat of your pants and going, oh, this is how, oh god, that's not how I should have done that, or that oh there's a thing I didn't anticipate. Um, so definitely letting those emotions out. Would you consider like taking a moment to like let a heavy emotion out? Would that be considered leisure? Or is that I think so. No, I mean, I, I really, anytime that you're really feeling your emotions and you're sitting there feeling that uncomfortable thing that you don't want to feel, whether it be shame or vulnerability or jealousy, that's a good thing, right? Because ideally with leisure, you are, um, you're essentially not resetting, but you're, uh, you, you have this sense of rejuvenation afterwards. Yeah, you're like you processing, feel rested. you're getting it out. Yes, you're processing it, you're getting it out. And so, you know, when I was deeply depressed and I was crying so many times in a day, I would joke that I was like, look, I, I am the lady of leisure. Like I'm crying all this, all these times and I'm just letting it out. Thankfully, I'm not crying as much these days. Yay. But, but, but <laughs> yeah, but like, I think so, right? Because, I mean, anytime that we're resisting our emotions, it just doesn't turn out well for us. Like we can shove them down for a week, a year, 10 years, a lifetime, but it's not going to end well. So just feel your feelings. Yeah, let, you I, let it out. Well, that's, I, that's just good to like reiterate, I think, because I think for me, and I, I can't be alone in this, my cartoonish idea of leisure is, you know, someone on a beach with an umbrella in their drink. It's like, yeah, that's nice if you can afford that. But like, it's not, well, if you can't do that, you can, you'll never relax. That's the only option is a Hawaiian vacation. Otherwise, you're Exactly. Screwed. No, we can, I mean, one of my favorite forms of leisure is having a picnic, like going to a picnic, a blanket, a bug, a speaker, whether it's by myself or with friends, maybe some wine, maybe some snacks. That's it. It can be that simple. Uh, it doesn't have to be fancy or bougie, right? But I do understand that that because we live in this capitalistic system, leisure does get associated with luxury. Yes. Um, I love hearing that too. That like, also that's such a great idea that I never think of. And a picnic is like, that's amazing. I want to do that right now. God. Yes. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely going to have a picnic soon. That's it's so simple. <sighs> All right, before we go, do you think there's such thing as too much leisure? It's too much leisure, probably, right? I mean, too much of anything is not that great for us, right? Like if we're just having too much wine, mm, if we're having too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I say probably because when I took my year of millennial retirement, right, and I was um, backpacking through Southeast Asia, after like the three, four month mark, it was like, I'm kind of tired of all this hedonism, right? Every day I would just wake up and my biggest concern was where I was going to eat, which beach I was going to go to, what time we would start having drinks, um, like which beautiful view we were going to go look at, whether it was a beach or a mountain or what have you. And you become desensitized to the actual novelty of experiencing these things. And so 
with leisure, it's almost like it's it's not balance. What is balance, right? But it's a contrast. Yeah. I do believe that the beauty of life lies in the contrast of it. Yes. So, so I mean, in my ideal world, I would spend like three, four hours of doing leisurely activities daily, and then about three of work, maybe. Um, that would be my <laughs> ideal day, frankly. Right? Like the most. Whatever that I would you like want to say should be like. Yes. Yes. And so, but, but right, like if I spent the whole day you know, just like journaling, maybe watching a movie, then reading a book, then a podcast, it does lose its, um, not its value, but its impact, right? So I'm like, okay, well, now I've written everything out, I've listened to the thing, I, I'm at peace, but then then what? Yeah, it's almost like you need, it's like, like you said, is that, that contrast, like a little bit of, of the, like, things you, quote, have to do, or like, or just like things that that make you shift your focus onto someone else or like into that sort of work, nurture, care, get things done mode um, to appreciate it. I mean, that's like, you know, you don't get a rainbow without rain basically. Yes. And you know, honestly, probably the people who are always in leisure are these people who go to be hermits in the mountain, right? Whether it be Buddhist monks, nuns or what have you. And for me, being a leisure, reflecting, um, becoming the highest version of yourself or what have you, isn't to escape living. It's to be better equipped to deal with the craziness of life, right? With the chaos of life. So that when inevitably there's some shitty thing that happens in our lives, because that's just, you know, that's a reality of living, uh, whether it's business related or personal, then we are slightly better equipped equipped to handle the thing versus just have a full-on meltdown tantrum and <laughs> resist it you know so just because life is uncertainty you no know? yeah. and so uh if you can have practices that help you better cope with that uncertainty then perfect and some a person who takes care of themselves whether it's you know through self-care practices or wellness any type of wellness practices and they're likely going to be much more emotionally resilient um, at handling the situation than someone who just doesn't have any of the tools. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I love this. This was great. Okay, if people want to learn more about how to relax or like, you know, how to get into leisure, make more time for leisure in their lives, uh, where can they go? Where can they find you? How can they find your stuff? Yeah, the easiest way would be Instagram. And so my handle is live. Oh, without the app, leisure, it was taken. So I'll say it again, <laughs> live, oh, leisure. That's the handle. Um, that is also my website. And yeah, definitely connect, get in the DMs. Let me know if you're struggling with uh, making time for yourself. I love to connect. And I do um, also I have monthly uh, moon rituals that I have, which I love. Yeah, it's so our journaling base because I love journaling. I do think that one of the easiest ways for us to start to cultivate leisure is to start to be more aware about ourselves and our thoughts and our feelings. And so, yeah, definitely connect on IG and then you'll find out everything that I'm doing. And uh, that's that. I love that. Do you do it with like the new moon and the full moons and stuff like that? Or Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. So uh, definitely come to my moon rituals. Um, yes. That sounds amazing. I can't wait. That's, Awesome. Okay, everyone go uh, follow Luz, go hit her up, go to a moon ritual, start journaling, live a life of leisure. And uh, and thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye, Thank everybody. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. There you go. A little uh, insight on the life of leisure. Go follow Luz at Life O Leisure. Check out lifeofleisure.com. She is still doing some virtual events. She's got more to come. And also, you know, just for inspiration to add a little bit of leisure in your life, head over to the Facebook group. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. Let me know what you're going to try to do this week to force a little leisure into your life. Let's do it together, guys. I uh, I don't fucking know what I'm going to do. I have been listening to books, but they're very heal your trauma which i know in the episode we said is part of is technically leisure but 
Is Leisure supposed to feel this heavy? I don't know. I just burped in the microphone. Listen, if you liked that episode, you want more, keep listening. Uh, Subscribe, rate, review me on iTunes, share it with your friends because everybody's a little bit ignorant sometimes. Big thank you to Eric, Gene, Michelle, Greg, Kathy, Terry, exclusive members of the League of Extraordinary Idiots on Patreon. Uh, Couldn't do it without you guys. Love having you. We're going to do a crappy hour soon. That's my uh, special... Happy Hour Hangs with high-level patrons. You can be part of those, or you can get postcards in the mail, or you can just get bonus content, early release episodes, or just fucking ignore all of it, but support me for as little as a dollar a month. And I know it seems, based on the quality of all of these and how my podcast mic just gives out and I go, fuck it, and the audio immediately turns to shit. Uh, that I'm doing really well financially, but I assure you, uh, if I was, I would have an editor and producer or just fucking pay someone to help me figure out my equipment. Uh, But I'm not. But thank God for the people who are supporting me. It gives me enough to get by and to keep doing this show, which I love doing. Uh, Follow at Ignorance is Blessed on Instagram to put faces to the, the voices you're hearing on this show. Please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity. They are just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world. If you have additional questions, you want to suggest a guest, best way to do that other than joining the Patreon.com slash JMS comedy uh, is Facebook group. Mentioned it before. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. Type that in. And when you join the group, you will be prompted with questions. Answer the questions or I don't let you in because there have been nut jobs who I don't know what the fuck people think this group is. It's like people who don't understand that ignorance is hashtag blessed uh, or ignorance is blessed is not the actual phrase. And they're coming in for like weird quotes and memes, but don't listen to the podcast. Uh, but the group that is in there that are fans of the podcast, solid fucking crew, love them, curious, silly, open minded, discussive discussion oriented i don't know what the fucking word is uh willing to you know dis discourse you fucking listen i'm still crashing from the cold brew whatever okay i'm gonna go thank you for listening make sure you keep listening keep asking questions the more we ask the more we learn the more we know say it with me and the more we know the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are and isn't that the point Thank you so fucking much for listening and thank you for always being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co